But these people have obviously never been to a bodega with a $100 bill. Mm -hmm. They will not accept it. They will not. <laughs> they will not take it. Yeah. They will barely take a 50. I'm like, my mom sent me this and this is all I had. <laughs> Go break it somewhere else. Like, it's true. Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. Sid, do you want to introduce our listeners to one of our favorite podcast sponsors? Absolutely. This episode is sponsored by Card Shears, a reputable brand born in Switzerland, created by Mike Card. Why do we love Card Shears so much? Card Shears are made with the highest end and most durable Japanese steel that work for dry and wet cutting. We decided to team up with Card because of their unique approach to handcrafted shears, customer service, and a simple love for the hairdresser. Tap the link in the episode description to receive a special DTH promotion for your new shears. You are going to love them. I just got a new customized booking website. That's genius. Yeah, Gloss Genius. Gloss Genius has one of the lowest processing fees in the industry at 2.6% with no hidden fees and free same-day deposits. DTH listeners get their first month free on us as well as your very own stunning credit card reader, an $80 value. To sign up, visit dth.glossgenius.com. Today's topic is about sex. <laughs> Just kidding, money. <laughs> sex and money, no. Um, it is about money. Yeah, no, it is about money. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking a lot about money this year, and I think it's because... We need to shift some things. We need to change some things. And we're trying to create a lot of awareness around the belief systems, yeah. the consciousness. I would like to say before we even start this, mm -hmm. that money is no longer what it used to be. It's not. It's completely changing. It's not physical. There's predictions that money isn't going to exist anymore. Yeah. Well, there, not to scare anybody. There was. There's also predictions like just, that scientists have found that consciousness will eventually end as well. Mm -hmm. fucked up. That's terrifying. Even, like, not even about, like, the world will end. Like, consciousness itself. Like, well, have you ever seen that movie Idiocracy? Is that what? Where everybody's just, like, a oh, robot yes. and there's no intelligence anymore. They just do what they're... That. Yeah. There's just no consciousness. Some people, Nothing is some people are living like that now, which is scary. Like, wake up! But I think when we talk about money, we teach our salons to go cashless. Mm -hmm. So we're not... We're don't there should be no cash right mm -hmm. and i know that there's a lot of fear with that because what if the grid goes down what if yeah. the you know all this stuff like that you should have this physical thing but i got to be honest that physical thing is only worth something because we say it is yeah it's really just if a piece of paper if someone says that doesn't matter anymore then it doesn't matter anymore exactly so what we're going to find is that you know that's why younger people now are like they don't know how much things cost i remember I was with a friend of mine, and her daughter went to the store to get stuff. They're like, I didn't know that was expensive. Yeah, yeah, and they just, like, bought it on their card or their phone. And I remember her mom was like, why did you get this one? It's so much more expensive than this one. She's like, I don't know how much things cost. Yeah, it's and just to get the this thing This is an 18-year-old person. You swipe the card. Yeah, like, there's the thing you want, and then... It's crazy that we forget to teach... Like, I, I'm I was talking to one of my friends who has children, and same thing. They went to the movies, and... 
her kid was being a little brat and biatch. <laughs> and uh, basically, she was like, "You are ungrateful. You don't even know how expensive all the popcorn and candy was." And her daughter was like, like no. "Well, you didn't tell me it was expensive. Why should I care?" And she's she also kinda, probably like, "I don't even know it costs money." Yeah, she didn't. <laughs> and she w- and then my friend was like. Oh my God, like that's my responsibility to teach you these yeah. things. Yeah, it's like my um, nieces and nephews. And then who, I think of like, how did I learn about that? Well, like, we had my, real cash. Well, that and our parents were constantly talking about yeah. how expensive things were. <laughs> we're just we guilted can't afford us that. Into yeah. So we were very aware of money. But even my, my brother's kids, um, if you ask them where like chicken comes from, mm-hmm. they'll say like Whole Foods. <laughs> they not like, and they're, they live, my parents, my yeah. my dad's family owns a farm and they've been to the farm, but like in their mind, like the, the it the comes from the eat. store. Yeah. Insane. It's just, it is just a consciousness thing. The world is changing. And I think when, when it comes to money, that's why people are like, oh, it's so expensive. People aren't, when you hand a card, you're not, the, the heaviness of expense has diminished. Mm-hmm. When you have to pull out hundreds of dollars to pay for your hair, the heaviness is there. Like, this is a lot of money. But the consciousness of money is changing. It's an exchange. It's now becoming just an energy thing. Like, boop, boop, boop. Mm-hmm. How many times you go out with friends? You're like, Venmo me. Yeah. Hey, Venmo me, whatever. It, it's not even, like, about the money. Like, it's what just, if you had marbles? It, oh, my gosh. You know it's I mean? just marbles. Just carry around a bag of marbles. Like, hey, can you uh, give me two marbles for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> what if everything was an exchange? Like... Everything is an exchange. But in a different way. What if it wasn't money? Like, what, what if, if a Louis Vuitton was like, was like 25,000 marbles? Yeah. Like, what if you were like, <laughs> okay, you can have this handcrafted leather bag for the exchange of knowledge. That's kind day. of what's happening, right? Yeah. People are exchanging knowledge and, and services and goods and farming and things it's are... kind of going back to like, it's not bartering. Not yet. Bartering is more like, how can I get this for less? Mm-hmm. It's exchange, and I think that the consciousness of money is changing. We're now we've made up currencies now that we're using, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's important to know that the physical manifestation of money is probably going to change. And so, one of the things which that, I think is so cool, money is very dirty. It's I mean, dirtiest. I bet you if they told you back when you were writing checks all the time and you had to budget your checkbook, what's it called? Balancing your checkbook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I went, we had a class in school for it. Exactly. And then, um, you and know, then I, I bet you if they said at the time, they were like, you, one day we're going to have a card that, you know, you just tap the thing and it pays for it. One day we're going to have, our phones are going to pay for something. One day you can just walk out of the store and it knows what you got and charges you. Like, that would blow people's minds. People know, would freak out. I know people are against being chipped, but I was hoping oh my that God. the vaccine Think had about the simplicity. <laughs> right? Everyone's Driver's like, license. Yeah, scan me. Yeah, I have just, nothing to hide. I don't need to, like, carry all this shit. Uh, it's too much. So, but I agree with you. So we actually tell all of our salons to go cashless. And to just do credit cards or PayPal or Apple Pay or things like that. Well, one, it's it's safer. Virus, bacteria, it, sick, safe. Yeah, they're not. It's money is. It dirty. also makes it so that you have nothing in your salon. I would say, like, if if we've had a there few, was to be a break in. We've had a, I've had a few students that have had break ins, and there's nothing to steal, mm-hmm. which is really alarming to the. And off topic, burglar. because I know people are going to ask this. Well, what if your state requires you to have cash, like Jersey? You can it's still ask your bizarre. clients. You can still have very minimal cash, but you can ask your clients and talk to them about, hey, 
can we switch to this? It's not that you can't won't accept yeah, it. Yeah, you but legally you can, have to accept any any form of payment. Any form of payment that's a legal tender. Mm-hmm. But these people have obviously never been to a bodega with a hundred dollar bill. Mm-hmm. They will not accept it. They will not. <laughs> they will not take it. Yeah. They will barely take a fifty. I'm like my mom sent me this, and this is all I have. Go break it somewhere else. Like it's true. <laughs> So today we're going to talk about five toxic belief systems that stop your hair business from making money. And I want to dive into these because I think these are the things that we see come up the most. And I wanted to do more of kind of a system podcast today, like a tangible. And the first one is my community is saturated with hairstylists. My community is saturated with hairstylists. Ooh, what a lie. (laughs) What a lie, what a lie, what a lie. I mean, actually, it is the truth, but there's also saturated with clients. It's not, it's a really good excuse. There's too many hairstylists. Everyone. Yeah, it's like a good excuse. Is an educator. Wait, is that number two? No, no, it's it's just all the same. My community is saturated with hairstylists. Like, there's there's too many hairstylists. Everyone's an educator. There's too many salons. Someone's doing hair at home. There's always a better price point. There's, you know, there's always something. And the reality is, that's just something we create to not do the things that we know will bring us success. Exactly. I think I think the most important thing to understand is that no matter how many hairdressers there are, we're only looking for the best, mm-hmm. right? And this is why our open door policy, meaning that Silas should be able to work in different salons at different places, like kind of share culture and co-working, like that's why that's so important. I have a student in New Mexico uh, in Albuquerque, who she has her first. There's there's now like five DTH salons mm-hmm. in Albuquerque, in that area, and one of the stylists is working at my student's place and also working at another mm-hmm. salon in the area. And my student was like, "It's such a weird feeling to be really open to the idea because we're not trained to be that way." Yeah, we're trained to like this is my stylist. They work for me. End of story. Mm-hmm. And. To have this like share culture that's really hard for our industry to break into is really beneficial. And I think it's not about is there too many. It's about how do we use these people. They're like like you said before in some other podcasts, we have our own economy mm-hmm. of how we share employees and how we share clients. And there's enough to go around. Yeah. And and there's plenty of money and space. And one of our students opened a salon and then just hired someone that has their own studio. Within their studio, they do a lot of energy work and hair. And they wanted to work also in a commission salon. So two days a week, they work in the commission salon. And then I think three days a week, they work within their own salon with their team. Right. And how cool is that? They're both owning businesses and cross-promoting and working with each other. And Everyone's like, well, what happens? No one's stealing from another. What happens if they take all the clients? Then they do the clients on a Tuesday at the other place, but then on Monday they come back to the... Who yeah, cares? There's always room for more. Again, it's about the, the open-door policy is not just for sales, but also for clients. Mm-hmm. There has to be movement to keep things interesting. It's the same as an open relationship. If people that are frustrated in their relationship... An open relationship is meant to create movement and to keep things interesting. Okay, that's, some people like that, some people don't. Mm-hmm. But in business, it's the same thing. You have to create movement and keep people interested. And by keeping them locked into a relationship they're not happy with, isn't going to end it's gonna well. They're going to leave, it's bridges. I think that a lot of people are chasing experiences. So why couldn't I work you know, with so-and-so, but then... 
come work with another stylist down the street because I want to learn extensions. Or I'm going to work one day at this salon because I really want to be in this community of people that do a lot of editorial work. Like, that's the point. It's different trades, tools, education that you're earning for. So if Yearning the, for. If, <laughs> <laughs> so if the, if the belief is that there's too many stylists or there's not enough stylists, it, the answer is the same. There needs to be an open-door policy to all the salons in the area. Exactly. Number two on the five toxic belief systems uh, list is I can't charge that in my community. Oh, this is a good one. This is just wrong. Yeah. You're just wrong. We can move on. Yeah. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I can't charge that in my community. Um, um, I don't know what that means mm-hmm. other than it just hasn't been done and I don't know if I, can, if I should be the one to do it. Or again, this is, we talked about it before on our last podcast about making judgments and you know assumptions when you haven't done research. If you are wanting to raise your price and you realize that no one else in the community, like truly you've done research and within 10 mile radius, no one is charging that, maybe you should charge that. Because it's your responsibility now. If to create the path for everyone. Exactly. You set that bar higher than someone else is going to be like, oh my gosh, so-and-so is doing someone it. Has everybody to do has it. to raise the someone bar. Someone has to do it and someone's going to do it. Mm-hmm. So why not you? That's what I think. Why not you? And you also are assuming that your whole entire community, how big do you think a community is? Okay, I lived in a town called McBain, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Farmland, not a lot of people. Some no matter what, mm-hmm. if I still lived there, I know I would be the highest paid hairdresser. I would make sure it happened. Yeah. Well, communities can transcend with population, or it could be towns. It could be a community of people. It could be a community of similar interests. It could be, you know, a community of... It could be the black community, the gay community. Exactly. And that's the thing, too. It's like, we cannot speak for a community. Right. You are not the speaker. We like to. Oh, of course. But you are, You cannot say, me, I'm speaking for the entire community. Our whole entire community cannot afford the prices that I want to charge. Right. It just sounds ridiculous. Can you imagine? But there's um, also like... I'm going to speak for the whole entire gay community. <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. Like... But I think, too, people, when they're in a smaller town, they do this weird comparison. Like, well, I'm not in... A, especially if I'm coaching them from New York. Mm-hmm. Like, but I'm not in a place like New York. And I'm like, it doesn't, the rules don't People in New York change. are charging less than you. <laughs> right. The rules don't change. It's a conscious shift. Yeah. Someone has to charge the most. Mm-hmm. If you're going to work with me, it's going to be you. Yep. And I think that that can be scary. For and I think sure. That, we're not denying that. And it takes time. We don't do it overnight. It also carves you out in the community and, and it creates respect. Mm-hmm. It's, you may be judged. But at the same time, you've also set the standard, like, this is what I charge Mm -hmm. because I'm amazing. And people will come to you. Yep. You're going to have judgment with it, but you're also going to have people who are like, I'm only going to go to the most expensive person in my area. Uh, The next one is people cannot afford a higher price, which I kind of think piggybacks off of I can't charge that in my community. But now you're specifically attacking the individual. You're assuming... Yeah, so first the problem... First, the problem was... Uh, the collective. The collective community. Now the problem is... The individual. The person. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I tell this story all the time. I like wine. I love wine. Mm-hmm. I go to a wine store to buy wine. I trust that the people that work there know what the best wines are based on what I like. I ask them for the best Cabernet. That's what I want. 
And I tell them, I don't care what price it is. And Josh, my partner, would always go, why do you tell them that every time we go in? I'm like, because they look at me like I'm a child, and then they point me in the direction of the, of like the... 9.99 bottles. Yeah, like these are, this is a really good one, and it's only $20. I'm like... If it's the best one, and it's only $20, awesome. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And I... And I want the best. He would get frustrated with me because he's like, it's he's like, you sound so pretentious. And I'm like, okay, fine. I said, next time we go in, you're gonna ask for wine, and I want you to ask them for the best wine, and we won't say that it, we don't care about the price, and they're gonna show you a $20 bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he did it on his own. He wasn't with me. And he comes home, he's like, they did exactly what you said. They saw me. Josh looks young as well. And they just made this assumption that, you know, and he's a black man. Can you imagine if you were a Small business. Um, I'm like telling you, shop. I want to give you money. Not like a, a big wine shop where it's like the employees right. don't care about who's buying what, but like a small business where people that are coming in and they're saying, I want the best, I'm going to show them the best. And if they say, oh, that's out of my budget, okay, then I'm going to show you this. Why do you think I can't, like, mm-hmm. if the bottle of the best is $140, why, did, are you, why aren't you even introducing me or giving me the option? Mm-hmm. Why have you already made the assumption I can't afford it? Yeah. Or but that I don't want to pay it? Do we do that in our business? I think what I see stylists do is they judge the person. They assume what they have. They don't know where this money is coming from or how much they can afford or if it was a gift or what the scenario is. Who cares what the scenario is? They're sitting in a chair. And instead of saying, okay, you showed me all these pictures and I know it's going to take five hours and you're going to pay me $1,000, I say, um, you know, it's going to be less. Or, We're you like- know. You know, to do what you want, it's really expensive. We try to talk them out of it. Yeah, which is insulting. Or, and the clients or like, we discount okay. them because we feel bad. Or we believe their stories of their money woes that clients love to tell us, which I think is, yes, I want to hear and I want to listen to you. But also, you're still going to pay this price point because this is a service that I'm providing and this is what I charge. So when it comes to people cannot afford a higher price, we have to remove ourselves from none people's of your business. pockets. It's none of our business. And what we should start off with Based on what you want, it's going to cost $1,000. Okay, that's out of my budget. Then you can start creating solutions. Well, instead of a five-hour service, we could do a three-hour service. It's going to cost this much. And I can only achieve this. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's still out of my budget. Honestly, I can't go lower than that because we're not going to achieve anything closer. I'm going to recommend you to so-and-so. I don't know why we don't start at the top and then work our way down. And it usually stems from fear. And the funny thing is that most people, especially uh, millennials and Gen Z for sure, they don't go to a place, again, Not they don't think about money as much, so they don't go in thinking it's cheap. Mm-hmm. They go in thinking it's really expensive. And so when you say, okay, you want extensions, you want highlights, you want, you want the whole thing, it's going to take me five hours, me $1,000, the younger generations are like, okay, yeah. However... They expect quality, too, they because it's jacked it, up. They expect it to be great, and they also don't ex- want a tip. Mm-hmm. They assume that what whatever said you said... Is the price. So that's why we also tell our salons to remove gratuity. Because, first of all, it's so antiquated. Mm -hmm. But at the same time... Listen to last year's episode on that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you're paying me for the hours. That's the end. Like, there's there's nothing else to discuss. Our next one is something that is you, internal. It's our ego. Who am I to charge that? Who am I to charge that? Where we're forgetting how much we invested this year on education, where we forget how much it costs to show up for work, where we forget how much we've spent to be better at our craft. I know this so many This one people, just makes me mad. It makes me so mad. Who, Who am, am I? I to charge that? 
Yeah. Like, you can't yeah. be valuable within your community. You raising your price $10. I have to be honest. If someone came to me with that, I'd say, we can't work together. Yeah. Because I'm not even, like, this is, you got to do, you got to work on some of that Some self-work. Yeah. yeah. That's and, a, I would think that's a, some therapy. But I hear it all the time. Yeah. It's true. Like, who am, who am I, I to charge that? Who, who do I, I think I am? Which is imposter syndrome. Yeah. Right? Like, which is, you know, again, this is being put in front of you and you, you're going to decide to transform this thought process into value. Like, I am valuable. I am enough. I am worth it. I have I have to be honest. I don't think, when I think about raising my prices, it's never about who am I to charge that. The question has to be like, why not me? Because mm. I still have the imposter syndrome, but it's not who am I to charge that. It's like, yeah. Why? Why am I not gonna do it? Yeah. Like, ask like you yourself, almost get mad at yourself. Yeah. Like, like ask why yourself am I not gonna? The be other like question, mm-hmm. not who are you to do. I it, think but that why would be the transformation. Not? Yeah. Like, who am give I me the reasons at? why it shouldn't be you. Exactly. And I don't think you, you probably don't have a lot. Yeah. If a student was like, "Oh well, I'm not very good at this," well, you specialize in this, <laughs> or you know, like you've invested yeah. time into learning. That's the point. You might not be a master at your craft. I gotta be honest. A lot takes time. Especially living in New York City. If you want to talk about living in a big city, what you see is a lot of bad hairdressers uh-huh. charging a lot of money. Uh-huh. So why them? I think a majority of each other's um, work is fixing someone else's work. I know. <laughs> yes. Because I'm sure people are fixing my work. I'm sure. It happens. <laughs> How many clients do you think just didn't come back to you? Do you think they didn't come back to you? Do you think they went somewhere else? They right. probably went somewhere else. And that's okay. No, no, no. They just never got their haircut again. Yeah. They just said, I'm done. <laughs> And the last one, which is my favorite, is money is not the goal. Shut the fuck up. I know. Shut the hell up. <laughs> money is not the goal. Yes, it is. Money. That is why we work. Because we need money to survive. We need money. When someone says, I don't want to raise my prices because money is not the goal, but then they're suffering within debt. Or they're like, I can't live my life because I don't have money to. Or I can't fix my car because of this. Or I have no savings. Or I can't send my kid to school. I can't get insurance. If you are saying you can't to all of those things, the money needs to be the goal. Yeah. Money has to be the goal. And it doesn't mean you have to be an asshole about it. I don't it. know why money can't be. I don't know why it's a bad thing. I think. I don't know who said it has to be, it, that it is a bad thing. Like, I don't know who created that kind of, a probably belief system that our parents taught us. <laughs> it's also because. Don't do it for the money. There's also like a level of artistry in our business. Like, we're artists. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we're artists who make money. We're like the best form of an artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but You don't I, have to be a starving artist. Exactly. And I think that I'm not doing it for the money is a lot of things. It's mm-hmm. it, it's actually all the things you just said. Yeah. It's the very last resort of someone trying not to increase their income. They're believing it's the last excuse that makes them feel better. It makes them feel powerful and enlightened. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not in above control it all. of money. I'm above it all. But the reality is if money didn't matter, then you wouldn't be working. Right. If money wasn't the goal, you wouldn't be working. Tell me if money matters when you break your arm and you can't work. Yeah, because if you have bills, then money's the goal. If you want to send your kids to a private school, or if you want to pay for college, or if you need to go to the dentist, if, like, money, I don't know who's out there living You can't not step with outside money. without money. Especially in New York. Mm-hmm. I think I spent $100 just getting here today. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so I, I think that's the thing. Like, we have to stop saying and creating these belief systems and really challenging ourselves. Like if we are struggling with a money concept or we're struggling with being successful, we're struggling with making more money, 
sit down with yourself and ask yourself why you believe that. What makes that statement true? And if it's completely true... But I think it's also... Then go with it. Money but most does of the time matter. That's the, yeah. Money does matter. You don't have to like that for it to be true. Oh, yeah. Truth doesn't have to be something enjoyable. In fact, it, it usually most isn't. Most of the time it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So can you read through those again just for everyone to like recap just the... Five toxic money beliefs. Five toxic belief systems that stop your hair business from making money. One, my community is saturated with hairstylists. Wrong. (laughs) Two, I can't charge that in my community. Wrong. Three, people cannot afford a higher price. This is rude. That is so rude, right? (laughs) Four, who am I to charge that? Give yourself some credit. Yep. And five, money is not the goal. Lies. Lies. That's just a lie. <laughs> they can't handle the truth. Mm-hmm. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> but I hope that people take these beliefs. We all have them. I have them. You oh, have for them. sure. Again, it's not about them not being there. We're not stay- sitting here as coaches saying, well, we don't feel that. We're better than you. No, no I feel it all the time. feel it all the time. <laughs> but I also know that I have to transform it. I have to work on it. I have to sit with myself. I have to sit with the uncomfortable. I have to sit with the And I didn't work on it by myself. Very true. I think that's the, like, find someone that you can work on it with. And that's not your mom or your dad or your spouse. It's a person that is tr- a coach, a therapist, someone a who. A mentor. Is, yeah, a mentor. Someone outside of your of your circle that can see you objectively. Because I can't tell you how many hairdressers I've met that are like, yeah, my mom thinks that I'm, that would be too much if I charged it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, your mom's not a, not allowed to give you that opinion. Yeah. She's not a hairdresser. Yeah. She doesn't own a salon. Mm-hmm. She's not a coach. She doesn't. She's not trained in this industry. Or my husband thinks that I should do this, or my wife thinks I should. And it's like I respect that. Yeah, but it like, is important to include your partner or your family in in but they, sharing but they're it. Coming but from they a, come from. They're going to create their fears and project their fears because maybe they couldn't do it onto you, and so you have to decide. I remember when I moved to New York City, my entire family was like, I don't think you should do that. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea. It's so expensive. It's this, it's that. I've been here for seven years, Mm -hmm. and I've thrived Mm -hmm. because I knew I could do it. And so, like, sometimes we go and ask people, like, or we tell people, like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to open a salon, or I'm going to move to New York, or I'm going to I remember just saying, quitting my salary job to build a business. Like, Oh, your mom had a mental breakdown. Yeah. She was like, what are you? She had a mental She actually breakdown. would call me and yeah. she would basically, I'm pretty she sure. Is she okay? I'm pretty sure your mom was like trying to get me to send you back. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Deborah. I'm like, you're like, she's a grown woman. Leave her alone. Yeah. But that's the thing, you know, like I remember even dropping out of college to go to hair school and that being something terrifying. But if you have a belief in yourself that you're like, I'm going to do this, just as much as you can believe something that's not true. You can believe something that is true and I think take it's hard to it. believe something that's true. Yeah. I think that's why people don't like when we call out those belief systems because they believe them. They, they are true to them. Right. See you next time. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Like, come on, people. No one saw the red flags? I used to, t- I used to be one of these horrible salespeople. Oh, I was so good at it. I was so good at it. Sid and I would compete yeah. in sales. <laughs> The irony is that we teach you not to sell products. Yeah. <laughs> but when we did sell products, put three products in the basket mm-hmm. and then say, you know what? You don't need these two. You just need this one. Yes. And then they'd be like, oh, I can do that. Mm-hmm.